0: With your permission, Lord Jesus Christ, truly present among us, exposed in the most blessed sacrament, this weekend as we prepare to celebrate your day, Lord, your Sunday, um, as we continue our growth in this time of ordinary time, um, which ordinary time is a bad translation. It um, tempus per annum, right? It's a time during the year, right? um nothing ordinary about it it's it's the time it's the time during the year when it's meant to be um when we're meant to grow Uh, this is this is the work that we're doing there's not necessarily special special theme around the season but it's it's the time during the year tempus peron where we are now um growing in your love and focusing on on the kind of daily stuff that we have to look at and our readings um give us a a good chance to reflect upon the reality of, of vocation in our life and how how you call us um and then what uh what are some prerequisites that we need for that and then as well some challenges that that we may face um we're gonna kick off our readings this weekend um with jeremiah jeremiah the prophet um and coming right from the beginning of his um of his book, right? The word of the Lord came to me, Jeremiah. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I dedicated you, a prophet to the nations. I appointed you. But this is the reality of, of God's call in our life, right? Before Jesus, before we were even formed in the womb, before we even began to live, you, you knew us. Right? Before you form, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Lord, you, you've known me, you know me, and you love me. And so this this beautiful mystery, all all vocation is is rooted in that. Jesus, you, you knew you've known me since before before I even existed, you love me. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Right? And this is this is how The vocation happens. This is how, this is your words to Jeremiah. The word of the Lord came to me. So not only do you know me, but you tell me that you know me. You remind me of this, Lord, I need to be reminded frequently that, like, you actually know me. And before I informed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were even born, I consecrated you, right? I consecrated you and appointed you a prophet to the nations, before you are even born. The root of our vocation, um, the, the universal call to holiness, right? That, that call that each of us has to live life of, of real, canonizable holiness, and that that vocation is it's particularized to each one of us, right? That there's a path that, Lord, by your providence, you've set out for each one of us. Is something that you, you knew before I was even born. And what that means is, I did nothing to earn this, right? I've done nothing to earn this call to holiness and whatever way that you call me to live that out. It's not like, you know, good job, you earned your vocation, right? Like an angel earning his wings. That's foolish. Um, Angels don't have wings, right? Because they don't have bodies, not even spiritual bodies today on this feast of St. Thomas Aquinas. And... And they certainly don't need to earn those wings. Um, they, um, you know, by one act, they, they, they um, you know, either chose for or against God by his total grace. Um, but no, like, don't think about our vocation like I've, I've earned this, like an angel earning his wings. No, no, no. This is a pure gift. Jesus, before I was even born, right? Before, before I did anything conscious, you already knew me and you loved me, right? Lord, you love me, and you consecrated me. You set me apart for this life of holiness, right? That's what it means to be holy, to be, to be set apart, that we're not, we're not bound to the things of the world. Rather, each of us, on account of our baptism, is, is set apart. And in God's providence, we were set apart even before then, setting us apart to be redeemed in baptism, to be sanctified, and to be called to the light heights of holiness, and then, in whatever state in life that vocation is lived out, that call to holiness is lived out, too, Lord, that's, that's part of your plan. You knew me. You loved me, right? And you, it's for me, right? It's my specific plan um, that you made because of your love for me, Jesus. And so, my vocation, whatever it is, is a result of your love, your specific call to me. I think, again, sometimes we can think about vocation. As a, as a, like, I need a group. I need a group of people. You're it, right? I need, I need to meet my minimum threshold. We need 100 priests for our archdiocese. There's only 101 guys in the room. So one of you gets excused. The rest of you, you're all we got, right? Um, no, that's not how it works. You know, it's not, let's just call it group because we just need to you know, meet our minimum. It's personal. I knew you. I know you. I love you. And I choose you. And it could be like, do you re- like do you, Lord, do you really choose me? Like me with all my issues? Like me? You want me? Um, I don't know if I'd shared this before, but I have, um, I believe, I actually believe that, you know, to be called to the priesthood is easier than the married life, um, right? I don't wake up with puke and children um, and all the other whatever, right? Um, I, had, I had friends that had, um, I have two friends that have written things, right? One wrote poetry and the other wrote uh, novels. And if you would ask them, like, what's easier to write, poetry or a novel? The one that would write, the one that wrote novels said, oh, novels, I did it, right? Poetry is so hard. I, if I could write a novel, anyone could do it, Right? And the one who would write poetry would be like, novels are so tough. Like, I really admire people that write novels. I write poems. That's, if I could do it, anyone can do it, right? And um, I don't know what the point of that anecdote was, but it all, it all works, right? This is like, you know, God chooses me personally, right? And he's made me. He's formed me for this vocation. And so it's not meant to be difficult. Again, today, this feast of St. Thomas Aquinas and but St. Thomas talks about virtue. It's, it's not the difficulty that makes something good. Oh, let me choose a vocation that I'm going to really hate. And it's going to make me miserable because that'll be holier. No, not at all. It's, it's like a, a hand in a glove, right? If I try to put on, sometimes I go to the hospital and they just hand me gloves and maybe they think I have small hands because I'll get a lot of the really small sizes. Like this, this glove is not made for my hand, right? It doesn't work. Well, sometimes that's the vocation, too. We think, like, it's difficult, and because difficult, that makes it better. Like, that's just as foolish as me putting on a little kid's glove, thinking that because it doesn't fit well, that makes it a better glove. No, it doesn't, right? Lord, you know me. You consecrate me. You choose me personally based, based in that love, right? And then, on my part, responding to my vocation, responding to your call, right, the way that you personally call me by name, is, is a response entirely of love. Right? It's not pride, it's not reluctance, it's love. Our second reading for the Mass today is St. Paul's great hymn to love, right? It's all about love. Love is all you need, right? It's St. Paul, teaching us. If I speak in the tongues of men and angels, but I don't have love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have prophetic powers, I'm a great preacher, right? And I'm an awesome theologian. I understand all the mysteries and all knowledge. And even if I have all faith, so as to move mountains, but don't have love, I'm nothing. I am nothing if I embrace radical poverty, if I give away all I have, I deliver my body to be burned, but I don't have love, I gain nothing. It's all rooted in love. Jesus, you teach us. how to, You teach me how to love. And at the end of the day, my vocation, my call to holiness, in whatever way you call me to live that out, whatever state, in life is just a response of love. I love you, Lord. And that's just something we go back to. Like, I I love you. And your love in my life is the most important thing. And so, today, Lord, I love you by doing what I'm called to do today. Right? Me and my vocation called to to priestly ministry, priestly state in life. Lord, I, I love you by being a good priest today. And whatever twists and turns that takes, it's the love of you that, that drives it all, right? Again, the same thing is with, with those who live out their vocation to holiness in the married state, right? The, it's not like, okay, well, here's the checklist of things I'm going to do in marriage, and this is, this is it. Like, this is the list. No, what are you going to do? I'm going to love you. I promise to be faithful to you, to love you, and to honor you, Every day for the rest of my life, whatever that entails, right? Even though the kind of giving a little bit of word to that in good times and bad in sickness and in health, well, that means it's just every every circumstance, whatever it entails. Well, in marriage, I'm, I'm going to love you, whoever I'm marrying, right? And so tomorrow, that may mean something I've never even thought of, and it comes out of left field. But I promise to love you, and so I'm going to do it. And that, that's how it goes. And there's things you can never even imagine. But what's, what's stable is love. Right? It's the love that motivates the whole thing. And so in my call to holiness, that vocation to holiness, it's, it's love that's most important. St. Maria, in his book, The Way, his first little book that he wrote, begins his chapter on the love of God with, this phrase. The the only real love is is love, right? Now, you have to kind of read it to get it because the second love has a capital L. The only real love is capital L love, right? Charity, love of God, right? The only real, in fact, and the God's love for me, right? The only real love is how much I love God. It's It's the most important thing. It's the real one. All other human love should flow from that, right? It's, Every other human love I have, every human action I have, every human affection should flow out of my love for God. And Jesus, where those, um, where those human loves are good and they lead me to you and to love you more, great. And where those human loves are disordered and they're not in sync with my love for you and your love for me, then they need to be rooted out of my life um, mercilessly, right? I love um, binge-watching Netflix. I love it so much. I'm willing to choose that, particularly on a blizzard day over most... Well, no. Jesus, that doesn't lead me closer to you. And so that needs to go. And if, that, if that's a love that I identify in my life, that, and that doesn't lead me to you, which intemperance would never leave, leave me to you ever, well, then, then it needs to go. It needs to be cut out of my life. If there's even human loves, we're, we're a little too attached. You know, it's good to have good friendships, but to be too attached, where those friendships, um, dis, you know, they distract us from our, our call to follow you. Well, then, then even those friendships, they become a detriment because all friendship should lead to you. It should be in keeping with, with your love. And sometimes we could be so attached to our friends that they become more important to us uh, than even you, Lord. And that's not good. Could be so atta- and that even happens in marriage, right? You want to you have maximum amachitza, the highest friendship in marriage. But even if, if someone starts, you know, even the love for a spouse, if it's out of keeping with love for you, uh, and it's not ultimately leading, what's the best thing you could do for a spouse? get them to heaven, right? And so there could be no human affection, even within marriage, that, can, um, that should take us away from love for you. And to, to seek that in, in, a, in a way that doesn't, doesn't work, it turns us away from you. And it doesn't, uh, it doesn't help, right? All vocations have to be lived in love. And then we live our vocation in love, right? We, we live out of love. Whatever way we're called to follow you, Lord, it's all just acts of love. And if we do them without love of you, we could, again, we could give away everything we have, live radical poverty out of pride, because I want people to see and think that I'm holy. And that we are taking big, huge steps on the road to damnation if we do that, right? I can, I can again, be a brilliant theologian, but not be doing it out of love for you you know but no if i do everything i do it's all it's all out of love right love shapes everything the love that we have for you the way that we act out of that love again even just in a daily way in our times of prayer i like getting up early to pray it helps me get my mind in order and it's a nice quiet way it's like you know a cup of coffee but a little less a little less bitter um Eh, no, if I'm not praying out of love for you, Lord, I'm wasting my time. Uh, I might as well get that extra time of sleep, right? No, it's everything we do. It should be motivated out of love. love. Love shapes what we do. And if love is the first thing that we do, Lord, if the most important aspect of my life is that I love you, well, then every, everything else, um, we could do anything because we're in love, madly in love. Again, that, that is, um, San Jose Murray would say that about himself a lot. He'd be like, I'm, I'm a madman, right? I'm crazy. I'm a madman. Madly in love with you, right? We can go crazy out of our love for you. I'm willing to do even things that seem crazy because we love you. Oh, that's ridiculous. What do you mean you're not going to, you know, um, watch that entire season of the TV show as soon as it comes out because it's so good? Well, Jesus, out of love for you? No, I'm not going to do that. But you're crazy for doing that. Yeah, well, oh well. What do you mean you're going to give that thing up that you really like, right? Whatever it is, and it doesn't even have to be sinful, but I'm going to give it up as a mortification, a little sacrifice. You're crazy for doing that. I'm crazy in love. I'm a madman, madly in love with you, Lord. And then that charity shapes all of our actions. St. Augustine St. Augustine is often quoted for his, his phrase, love and do what you will, right? If we love, if we actually love you, Lord, then do whatever, whatever you do, right? If I know I love you, then all my actions will be in keeping with that. But it's good to look at his whole quote. It's on his, um, his sermon on the first letter of St. John. For many things may be done that have a good appearance, and yet proceed not From the root of charity. It looks really good, but it doesn't proceed from charity. For thorns also have flowers. Some actions truly seem rough, seem savage. Howbeit they are done for discipline at the bidding of charity. Once for all then, a short precept is given to you. Love and do what you will. Whether you hold your peace, through love, hold your peace, right? If you're not going to say something... You're going to, you know, stand back? Do it out of love, not out of cowardice, out of love. Whether you cry out, through love cry out. Right? If If we're getting really animated about something, if it's time to raise our voice and shout, do it through love. Whether you correct, through love correct. You know, but... You just really get on my nerves, and so I just got to tell you that the, the way you chew, ah, oh, it bugs me to no end, right? Um, no. If it's done out of annoyance or frustration, but out of love, out of love for you. If, you. if you correct? Through love, correct. Whether you spare, through love, spare. You know what? I love this person. I love God, most importantly. And so this this correction that I could offer, maybe out of frustration or whatever. But no, you know they're not they're not ready to hear it right now. They're not in a place, not out of cowardice, but through love. Spare. Let the root of love be within. Of this root, can nothing spring but what is good. The root of love. Every oh, the root of all I do is love of God. And if that's the case, no matter what it is, again. Uh, St. Therese would say, just like, even picking up the smallest little thing. I don't It's possible. St. Therese either said, picking up a pin or a pen. Everyone I've heard, I can't tell if they're saying pin or pen. So we're just going to say the smallest little thing, right? The smallest little thing. If we pick it up but do it out of love for God, that's, that's meritorious, right? You can earn heaven by just doing these small little things but rooted out of love. Love and and then do, do whatever you will because you're doing it out of love. Now, when we are known and we're called and then we respond actually out of love, not out of pride, not out of even enthusiasm that this just seems like a great idea and i got to go to the newest thing, but out of a deep and abiding love, well, that, that's following our vocation like, that, that's the real deal. That's, Lord, you call me, you know me, you love me, and I love you. And so now I'm going to follow you. But this, too, can be opposed, right? People, people are going to stand against it. They're, gonna, they're not going to like it for one reason or another. We read kind of the conclusion, the, the, the after effect of the, our Lord's sermon that he gave last week in his hometown, Nazareth. And so he he kind of gives it to them a tough. Doubtless you're going to quote me the proverb, physician, heal yourself, right? What you did in Capernaum and these other towns, do here, do it for us. And he goes on, he teaches, truly I say to you, a prophet is not acceptable in his own country. In truth I tell you, there are many widows, and he goes through widows in the days of Elijah, but he didn't go to any of those, Belajah went to, um, to the woman who was a widow in Zarephath, in Sidon. And there were many lepers in Israel in time of Elisha, but only Naaman was cleansed. And then they heard this, and they were filled with wrath. Right? They, this, is our, this is our carpenter, right? This is our, our craftsman, our blacksmith. This is a guy, we, what is he doing talking about, you know, he's doing some pretty big stuff, but he's not going to do it here for us? You know, he's our guy, and we know him. Um, he's too ordinary. Who are you? You know, and that can happen for us. Often does happen. As we start living a life of, of real holiness, as we start really living out of, out of love and acting out of, out of love for God and trying to really live, live radical holiness, that people um, reject us. And and they say, who are you to live that type of holiness? Who do you think you are? Oh, you're so, so holier than holier than thou, right? Um, and people they, they they can reject it, and that can be that could be disconcerting, right? That Jesus, I love you, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna act in that way. But but who are you? You know, people around like I'm gonna get up. I'm gonna I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna spend some time every day in prayer, and that means I gotta go to bed on time. Gotta go to bed maybe early, earlier than than other people would or normal people my age would. Um, Oh wow, look look how incredible you are going to going to bed early. You're so awesome, right? And and they can they can reject us. but our Lord counsels us like he counsels Jeremiah, but gird your loins. Stand up, tell them all that I command you. Don't be crushed on their account. How small a vocation is. right? What little worth we give a vocation if somebody's you know, sarcastic comment can crush it, right? Like if, if somebody just saying something is like, oh yeah, no, I guess, then I would... Like, I don't know. If... If I was meeting with a couple and they're getting ready to get married, they really believe, like, this is it, this is the person, I'm going to love them and honor them for the rest of my life, and one of their friends like, oh, you're marrying, you're marrying that guy? Like, right? <laughs> you're marrying them? Um, if that could, like, call off the whole wedding, then you probably shouldn't have gotten married in the first place, right? Um, no, we don't, don't let people's stupid comments, you know, turn us away. Gird your loins! <laughs> get dressed! Stand up, tell them what I command. don't be crushed on their account, as though I would leave you crushed before them right as if as if your vocation is so so fragile right uh, it's so it's so foolish when we think, and particularly when God's calling us out of kind of the the normal way that people live out their holiness in the middle of the world and calling us um to embrace a life of of you know priesthood or religious life or Apostolic celibacy, but lived right in the middle of the world, and we think that we're so fragile that, like, oh no, this, this vocation it's gonna it's gonna go out, right? It's, um, we gotta defend it. Don't be stupid, but like, it's God's vocation. He makes us a, a fortified city. It's, it's as though as though you could be crushed by them, right? It, as though someone's you know foolish comment could take that away from you, and and you must have a very low low opinion. Of a life of holiness, if if you'd let some you know some little comment um, throw you off the course, right? What what a small way we consider our holiness. If that's the case, right? Like, who are you to live live different? Who are who are you to to actually try to live this this radical holiness? Their their rejection can um, it can kind of throw people off sometimes, because you're too ordinary, right? We know you. And that was a big thing in Nazareth. Like, we know you. You made my table last week, right? Yeah, I know you. I was there. Um, it's a small town. Everyone knows you. Um, that's what, like, who is, this? This, is isn't this? Isn't this son of Joseph, right? Isn't this our carpenter? Um, it's too ordinary. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know who people think. Like, who answers the call to holy? Oh, no, different people do, right? They don't have. They're not, nor- not normal people, right? Who's going who's gonna to dedicate their life entirely to God in silence and in prayer, living, living that type of a life of stepping out of the world as a witness to its passing nature? <laughs> Some weirdo, not an ordinary person, right? It's weirdos, right? Who's, who's really, like, you know, who's going to live a life, you know, dedicated to the sanctification of God's people in the holy priesthood? Yeah, Definitely weirdos do that, right? Um, that is, you know, oh, I'm, I'm too normal to be a priest, Father. <laughs> like, oh dear. You know, but that, is, no, I'm too normal to be a saint. No, not at all. Living holiness, and even, you know, in the lay state, right in the middle of the world, not too ordinary, too normal to live that holiness. We shouldn't allow rejection or people having, having a, a low, low opinion. Of, of what we're actually called to. We want greatness. We want great things. We want to be saints and great saints. That was Maximilian Colby, St. Maximilian Colby's first plan in his, in his kind of rule of life that he made up for himself after a retreat. I must be a saint and a great saint. Like that, if I said that every day, like what's the most important thing about my life? And that should be for each one of us if we're baptized, I must be a saint and a great saint, right? It shouldn't be a question of maybe one day you'll get canonized. We should be living a life of such radical holiness that like at our funeral, people are holding up signs, Santo Subito, that's Italian, right? But like, make them a saint right now. Canonize them right now. We should be living lives of this total radical holiness. it shouldn't just be something for a few, right? Just a handful of people. No, no. Every single one of us. And sometimes there's even violent opposition, right? It's not just people's, you know, cross comments and um, like these little gossip behind our back, but sometimes it's violent opposition. They try to throw Jesus off a hill. Just think about this. Like They were ready to murder him. And if we really pray and enter into this gospel on account of, this sermon that our Lord gave, on account of of his being willing to challenge them, they're willing to murder him, right? They know him. He's their carpenter, and they're going to throw him off a cliff. Um, They're ready to murder him. Lord, they're ready to murder you because of this. Nobody has tried to murder me for becoming a priest, right? Uh, the, whatever opposition there may have been at any time, which I, I, I was tremendously supportive in my vocation to answer God's call to the priesthood, but even any points of opposition, no one tried to murder me, right? No one's, oh, let's take Father Casey up to that Holy Land mountain in Waterbury and throw him down onto the highway, right? Because he wants to be a priest. Like they're like, no, no, one, no one's wanting to murder me. Um, our Lord, geez, when I'm, but when I'm opposed and may they murder me with their words, they murder me with their looks, with their judgment. Well, they tried to murder you, right? Your own people, your hometown tried to murder you because of your mission. And so as we reflect on these things tonight, Lord, we should, we should embrace and all be open to whatever way you call us to live holiness because you know us, you call us, nothing we earn. A vocation is not something that's earned, it's a free gift. We should ask our mother, pray for us, mother, pray for us. So that you, you answered God's call and you, you know, maybe faced some opposition. We don't hear about it in scripture, but it's, it was maybe there. Um, and you, but everything you did, you did out of love. And Mary, teach us. Mother, fair love. Teach us how to love. Um, so that all that we do can be motivated entirely out of love for your son, our Savior, Jesus Christ.